Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Detour Live. I'm your host, Dan Jones, joined as always by Mr. Billboard himself, John Trevorrow, <laughs> four-time national road champion, sitting in front of his Lexus of Blackburn Bay Crits sponsors banner, and you're probably going to be seeing that, folks, at least for the next couple of weeks. Johnny, how are you? <laughs> Daniel, I'm well. I, it keeps following me around everywhere I go. I look around, there's that damn Black, Lexus of Blackburn Bay Crits I go behind me, but anyway, it's a good thing. You might as well get <laughs> wallpaper. <laughs> well, we've got the launch, launch, launch on Tuesday, and uh, yeah, it should be, should be, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's been uh, a horrific time for all of us with this damn pandemic. Uh, no bike racing, and so we are about to be back. So, January uh, 8 to 9, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be huge. Now, we don't normally broadcast on a Sunday outside of Grand Tours, but a special episode because finally the uh, course is announced for the Road Worlds uh, in 2022, which is, of course, in Wollongong uh, in New South Wales, in Australia, if you're from overseas and you've been living under a rock. Uh, but before <laughs> we get into that, because we're going to have the race director, Scotty Sunderland, on later on, uh, big news, Iffy, over the last couple of days is Dylan Grunewagen uh, is signed with Team Bike Exchange, or it's going to be Team Jayco. Is it what is it? Bike Exchange, Bike Exchange Jayco. Yeah, better yep. get that right uh, in case Jerry's <laughs> watching. But uh, yeah, big signing, John. It's a huge signing, actually. Uh, I was lucky enough to sort of be in uh, the conversation. I mean, uh, I knew Jerry did t- tell me that they were talking with him the last few weeks, and I, I just thought I had my fingers crossed because just if they got him, everything fits. I mean, when you look at the people they've recently got in the team uh, and the leader train they are building, and we all knew it wasn't right for Michael Matthews. He is a great one-day bike rider, but setting him up to try and win big bunch sprints in the Tour de France wasn't isn't the way to go. It's not he. It's not what he's great at. So I think this works for everybody. And Dylan Guadalajara is a seriously good sprinter. He's right up there in the top three or four when he's at his best. He can beat anyone. He, he, he was right up there with Caleb at, at his best. What What is interesting, though, with the signing is normally when a sprinter comes across a team, they, they bring a posse with them. You know, there's always a couple of lead-out guys. Like when Cab would go to a new team, he takes Renshaw and a couple of others. When uh, Caleb goes to a new team, he takes his lead-out train as well. But Dylan's going solo. How do you think that will go? It'll go really well because he's he, he never needed a real big lead out train. That's not the type of guy he was. He, he was so you got Mez gets in there with, with uh, uh Egan. It's a wonderful duo, and uh, you know those stages where they almost got there in in, in the tour and the Vuelta. Um, that they'll have a very different outcome. So I think it's going to be a wonderful. It's wonderful both of them because the way it had gone with Jumbo and the, and the people they've signed on. It was going to be hard for Dylan to get a ride in, uh, well, the Tour de France. He wouldn't have got a ride. And now, so it's better for his career. He signed over three years. Uh, and, um, yeah, look, I think it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, well, it's going to be an interesting 2022. I know all the guys behind the scenes are pretty excited about it. So and I'm sure you will be too, John. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, before we bring race director Scotty Sutherland on, uh, Oz Cycling posted a video uh, previewing the world's course and being a YouTube pirate, of course I grabbed it. So uh, let's have a look at the first uh, summary of the course before we bring uh, Scotty Sutherland on. 
Hello, I'm Ryan from Oz Cycling, here to take a first look at the course that will be used at the 2022 UCI Road World Championships right here in Wollongong, New South Wales. I've just ridden a lap of the circuit with former professional Mark Renshaw and local rider Josie Talbot. Let's check it out. The elite road races will be made up of three sections, a coastal run-in from the town of Helensburg, a longer loop with the 8.7km climb of Mount Kira, and this shorter circuit shown in green. As its name suggests, the Wollongong City Circuit is an urban circuit that twists and turns through the downtown streets of Wollongong and its surrounding suburbs. There's one official climb on this circuit, Mount Pleasant, which rises for just over a kilometre at an average of 7.7%. This short but steep hill peaks at 8km from the finish, which will be right next to Wollongong Beach after a flowing descent and flat run-in along the foreshore. The under-23 and junior races will be held entirely on the Wollongong City Circuit, while all the time trials will use most of the same roads, but without the climb. Yeah, look, it's going to be a very exciting city circuit. Uh, we've got lots of corners, we've got some small roads, and we've got some really steep, sharp climbs. Obviously, you're really going to uh, put the pressure on the bunch multiple times uh, for the, both the men and women. So I'm pretty confident it's going to end up being a very difficult city circuit. The course um, is very technical, which I love, the corners and the steep climbs, and a little bit technical coming into the finish, a couple of corners. Um, yeah, I'd love to see a sprint finish there. I think the key features of this city circuit will be the climb to Mount Pleasant. It's only short uh, compared to some of the climbs that these riders will be doing back in Europe, but the the steepness and the gradient at the start of the climb is going to be really difficult. It's going to be a very exciting finish coming in along the seafront. They've got the beaches on their left hand side. Depending on what the weather's doing, the wind for example, uh, it's going to make it very exciting. Very fast sprint finish as you can see behind me here. So uh, I envisage a small group coming to the finish line together. I think the organising committee has put together a really great course. Uh, visually, you're going to have the mountains, you've got the beaches, sunshine here in Wollongong so look it's going to be amazing viewing. Of course the beautiful beaches and the cliffs in the background but also some of the the key climbs that the riders get to go up, um, beautiful greenery, everything about Wollongong is beautiful to look at. Fantastic preview there thanks from uh, Oz Cycling and the race director Scott Sunderland joins us live from sunny Belgium. Uh, Scotty <laughs> Merry Christmas, mate. Welcome back to the detour. How are you, you travelling? Thanks, Dan. No, no, Merry Christmas to you all and all to the listeners. Um, you are right, mate. It's a shocker of a day. It is. Yeah, I <laughs> almost can't, can't see the towers. Yeah. We, we've really been struggling for good weather this year. Belgium's living up to its, to its reputation of being pretty miserable and wet, you know. Um, well, the, I think the main thing is you've got plenty of scotch in the background, mate. That'll get you through. <laughs> Yeah, that's some of the things that you, you get to look at. I was listening to the boys talking about, you know, uh, Mitch retiring and Heino, you know, on the brink of retiring, and I was talking about the, the pros and cons of when you do get retired, and that's one of them. And I would enjoy a scotch of an evening, particularly on the wet evening. <laughs> John enjoyed it when he was racing, mate. Yeah, but each to their own. I, I wasn't as a, much a pro as these guys, so I JT was an exception to everything, mate. So every rule that there was, JT pretty much broke it in the rule. Book, so. Yeah, exactly. How does it feel now that the cat's out of the bag and the and the course has been released? 
No, it's great. It's really good. Uh, I was at the um, World Tour seminar for the UCI uh, on Thursday and Friday, and uh, so I was getting bombarded by questions prior to the uh, prior to the announcement on Friday. So it really only happened here on Friday uh, morning that we got it through. Uh, so I was bombarded by all the team managers and uh, et cetera, and a little bit of press that were there about uh, questions on it, um, more details, and et cetera. I said, Look, guys, so uh, we have the initial announcement now of the three different uh, parts of the course, uh, which you just saw. Um, but all the uh, timings and the, and the distances, etc., cetera, uh, will all be announced a little bit later. Uh, but no, really happy with the course. I mean, you know, I can go into detail a bit later, but uh, yeah, very happy. We, we want you to do that. First, let's want to say congratulations, Scotty, on getting the gig as uh, race director. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't think of a better person. One, you're from New South Wales, which fits in really well. Uh, yeah. And two, uh, you're, you're, you're race director of some of the biggest races in the world, the, the, the Tour of Flanders and the Flanders Classics, plus Canal Race. You know, so you, you, you've been around for a while. And I was reading a really good uh, story the other day and I knew a bit about it, of it anyway, that you lived, when you moved into Sydney, you did a lot of training and stayed a lot of time in Wollongong. So you do know the, this, uh, the, the roads around here very well. Yeah, look, you know, when I first uh, went down to, to Sydney, um, you know, particularly in my junior year, so I was living up in uh, Inverell still, and I'd, I'd go down for my training um, and I'd stay with a, a good friend of mine, Anthony Flynn, and, and I'd stay just down near Sutherland. And um, I trained with uh, Matt Bazzano, CZ, Nico, um, I'm talking about Kevin Nichols and uh, mm. and, and all those blokes, you know. So we used to always head straight down to the National Park and, and a lot of that time would take in um, Mount Buller and and, uh, and the loops down there. And then a good mate of mine, Sandra Corradini, uh, was from Wollongong. He uh, raced uh, at the same period with me. So I'd often end up being down there on the weekend and we'd go training, et cetera, and plus all the other races, you know, like the, the bank race, uh, Phil, Phil Bates always took the bank race uh, down in around Wollongong. We had crits out there on uh, Flagstaff Hill and, and so forth. Um, uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's an area where, you know, everyone from New South Wales knows very well from all the racing and particularly from the training, you know, because it offers those perfect training grounds, uh, climbs and, and beaches, uh, beautiful beaches um, and, and direct access from Sydney, which is, you know, one of the other things that components which makes Wollongong a, a logical place to be having a world championships. So when it comes to course design, obviously, John, you know, you designed the course in 2010 in, in Geelong. Uh, well, but a few other people have taken credit for that as well. So I don't know if you actually did, but anyway. Um, but what goes into course design? Like how many variables are you trying to balance up there? Because if it was me, it'd be like cricket, you know, rig the pitch so that the Aussies win. So I just have a pancake flat, Caleb Ewan, line it out. Bob's your uncle. Well, in one way, yeah, a bit like John, I'd love to be able to just have the blank piece of paper and, and draw it up myself exactly how I'd like it. Um, but it's a little bit of a, a compromise. You've got certain stakeholders which are involved in decision-making. Um, and number one is the owner of the event, which is UCI. Um, so, yeah, we need to take into to what they're looking at achieving with the result they're looking at having. Uh, and also then we've, we've got New South Wales, of course, and then we've got Wollongong who are hosting the event. Uh, I think, as you can see, we're pretty much ticking a lot of boxes with the way the, the design of the course has uh, been or happened with the uh, remote start at Helensburg for the elite women and elite men. Um, you're just capturing the full length of the Illawarra Shire there and, and, the, and the beautiful, beautiful coastline from Helensburg down to Wollongong. The city circuit uh, pretty much, uh, as was just mentioned, it captures the city uh, and the outlying uh, suburbs. 
uh, with Mount Pleasant, the, the, the key uh, the key to that part of it. And then, of course, there's no way we could do Wollongong without doing uh, Mount Kira and uh, covering the escarpment. Um, it's famous for climbing. I rode uh, Mount Kira when I was a, a young bloke back there, and I think there's quite a few races have been gone over there. So to answer your question, Jonesy, it's, it's, it's a tough one because – I could do it uh, accordingly to what I think would make it a very dynamic race, uh, a spectacle race, uh, a race which would attract all the riders, not just sprinters, not just the, the world's best climbers, and uh, not just the classics riders. So you're trying to get that, that nice balance of that. So that comes in how you design your course around where are those particular difficulties, such uh, as, as Mount Kira. Where do you put that in? Do you put it in the beginning? Do you put it in the middle? Do you put it in the end? And as you can imagine, we put it in the end, we're pretty much going to end up with a Giro de Lombardia finish. Uh, we put it in the beginning, we're going to have a pretty much guaranteed sprint finish. Put it in the middle, then we're more or less going to have sort of that classics rider, the antagonistic being antagonistic for the uh, for the uh, GC riders, you know, like your Rolex and, and so forth, a little bit like what we had at Olympic Games, just far enough from the, from the finish that uh, the best climbers can still win. Uh, so, yeah. To answer your question, it's still all open because it's going to be the UCI who makes the final decision. Right. It's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, there's a really good uh, article in Cycling Tips uh, where they talk to Steve Pedersen, who's the you know, head of sport of, of the yeah. Wollongong 2022, uh, and he said a lot of things you've just said. And it also with the it was with Gracie Elvin, who's on the technical advisory group, along with uh, Anoni Wood, Mark Renshaw, Kate Bates, and Ben Kirsten, who's a Wollongong boy. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, when you look at all those names involved, they're, you know, steeped in, in, in knowledge of cycling. So with you and, and a group like that uh, working together, uh, it can be a ripper. I've, I remember I've, GTR, the company I used to be involved with, we ran the, the gong ride. Mm. And so that used to do a lot of uh, that course down there. And I remember driving around some of the uh, the roads uh, around the area, looking at a, a, a more serious uh, extension for, for the more serious bike riders to be part of the gong ride. And, yeah. and part of it was Mount Kira and that course, which is a ripper mm. of, of, of a climb. Yeah. But uh, it's just so beautiful down there. That that bit of that road, the, the bridge road, I, where it extends mm. out over the over the ocean, is just world class. So it's going to be something pretty special. Yeah, look, you are right, John. Uh, to me, Wollongong is, is sort of like your Geelong of Victoria, uh, and and this part of the uh, the beach road from Helensburg through and the escarpment is very similar to what you've got in the, in the Cadillac-Ocean Road race. Uh, of course, we've got probably more famous uh, Great Ocean Road coming up from Lawn. Uh, well, well, further down, but uh, more known from Lawn as the gateway to the Gradation Road, Torquay. So in, there's some similarities there, uh, and that's what we're going to see for these world championships as well. As uh, uh, um, you know, with with uh, instead of being with Geelong, starting in Melbourne, finishing in Geelong. Uh, here we're having it in Helensburg, uh, taking a bit more of the coastline and finishing in uh, Wollongong. So. I think it's fantastic in such a short period that we've got had, uh, or we will have two world championships um, in Australia. And uh, I just think, you know, that the work that's been done by the committee from the from right from the beginning around this course, uh, you know, working within the the, the um, wants and needs of, of the stakeholders as well. And remember, we've got to work with the city council. Uh, it's not like Olympic Games where. Pretty much the whole town, whole city gets shut down. Everyone leaves town who lives there uh, to make way for all the spectators. Um, you've got the whole city which still needs to operate 
day to day while the World Championships have been running from Sunday, it will be running from Sunday to Sunday. And that includes, you know, getting on and off the highways, working with the police to able to manage the traffic planning, the management around getting vehicles in and out and, and of course, uh, people who live there. So it's a big task. It was a big job for the committee. Uh, Stu Taggart, the CEO, uh, has done an amazing job with uh, working with everyone on that and then including uh, uh, the rest of the team with uh, Sally Heading and Steve Peterson. Um, we're obviously talked about it for years now you know the effects of COVID with race planning and all that sort of stuff how much did COVID affect even the planning for the worlds which is still you know 12 months away well that's sort of what I alluded to before it comes down to the UCI making the final decision and because uh, they just simply haven't been in, in uh, Wollongong yet mate uh, mm. you know I was supposed to have gone out last year uh, already um, it just got kept being pushed back and pushed back and then uh, the UCI are now looking uh, after speaking with uh, Morgan and, uh, and Michael Rogers uh, on Friday is that they're probably looking at the back end of February uh, before they can get there um, because they've got a very loaded January. Um, they've got the World Championships happening for uh, cyclocross in the US, uh, so they need to be over there for that. Um, and then they've got a, uh, Canada. They need to do a few other things up in Canada. Uh, so that, you know, pretty much the earliest point in their schedule they can get out is uh, end of February. I was trying to hope they could get out at the end of January so then I could be there as well. Um, because at the end of February, I've got to be back here for the Omelette Pit Newsblood, uh, the first of the Flanders Classics races. So we'll wait and see. Um, and once they've been able to get feet on the ground and they can do their own course analysis, uh, like, you know, everything's been sent to them that they need to have uh, as far as GPX files and uh, all the other information that they need, maps, et cetera, uh, and, you know, the whole barricade planning and traffic management planning, et cetera. Uh, but they just need to be able to physically see it before they can give it that final uh, tick of the box uh, that, you know, this will be exactly how it will run out, you know. So uh, until that happens, uh, Dan, um, we just won't be able to release the course or Stu Taggart won't be able to release the course to, to the public. Well, that just burns about half your questions, John. <laughs> Not really, because it, I'll, t I'll tell you what. No, no, Sorry, it, 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 is, it is so interesting because it, it must be frustrating because what is going to happen? I mean, when you look at that course, it's a sensational course. So you've got you've got three parts to it, as you've alluded yeah. to. You've got the beautiful start, you know, from, from Helensburg all the way down the coast, magnificent. And then you've got the two circuits. You've got the yeah. city circuit and the Mount Kira circuit. That's going to decide this bike race. I mean, you could you with this course, you if you if you do a loop uh, even in the middle with, with Mount Kira and finish with all the city loops. Caleb Ewan can win there, but if it finishes with a with a um, the, the red circuit, we call it the Mount Kira circuit, near the end of the race, then it becomes uh, a, a serious uh, um, road classic specialist, not a, not a Caleb. And then even to say for yeah. the women, you know, you you have uh, you know Mount Kira towards the end, and then that cuts out a, a Chloe Hosking who could win on a, a, a flatter circuit and it puts Grace Brown in with a chance. So it changes mm. the dynamics for the Australians very much. I mean, we've got plenty of Aussies who will go well on the tough circuit. Mm -hmm. You know, Michael, Michael Matthews, Rowan Dennis, all of these guys, but there's other guys who will still beat them in that situation. Whereas if, it's, mm. if Caleb can get to the end, he can win. 100%, John. Uh, that's, you, you can. It's, it depends on how you want to cut up the pie on this and, and, and how it's going to go down. It's that, uh, you know, the, the first, the road starts from road starts. So those 30 kilometres, which are pretty much downhill 
at the beginning and then following the coastline. Uh, gorgeous. So, you know, probably a break will establish at that point. They'll come across the finish line the first time. Uh, and whether we go to Mount Kira straight away or we do some city laps and then Mount Kira in the middle, it all depends. Uh, so that's that's really the beauty of it. And that's going to be a hard one for for David Lapati and his team to to decide on what they actually really want here. Who You're pretty much deciding on who you have at the finish line. Yeah. So it's going to be your pure sprinters, where it's going to be your Milan San Remo type riders like Caleb Ewan who can survive the climbs and still be at the sprint, or you go for your GC guys. And and me personally, I've got my own opinion on it because I sort of looked about trying to make it as even as possible and trying to keep all the antagonists in the race uh, for as long as possible. The um, thing, John, too, is that you need to make sure you've got your team right, your team selection right. So, uh, not all national teams are built around just a sprinter. And we see saw that with yeah. Cipollini, who handpicked his own national team, remember, for Zolder uh, yeah, to yeah. have his lead-out team. So yeah. it's, it's yeah, there's a lot of dynamics to it. It's not as simple as what people sort of make. Yeah, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. So, well, yeah, uh, we saw that with Flanders this year. A lot of people said it was going to be a sprinter exactly. as well. And, uh, <laughs> you know. But, but exactly that. Flanders, I, what I loved about Flanders, I didn't, it, it was a bit confusing when they were trying to explain it to me, but I, I loved <laughs> the way it worked, was, you know, you had the, the, the big circuit. Then you had, you come into the two circuits and they mixed them up. You did a few of that mm. and a few of the other and, then, and back to that. And that's what yeah. I'm sure they're going to do here. It's how they do that mix and where mm. they, you know, how many times they go up now, Kira, is going to, is going to uh, decide it. So my other question to you is, who gets that final say? You come down, UCI come, and they say, okay, we like this, we like that. Do they actually say you have to do this many laps and finish with that? Or in the end, is it the decision of uh, you and the group uh, at Wollongong? First of all, answer the question directly. It's not our decision. How the process works is in, in world championships. They'll give an outline of what they're looking for um, due to the geography of, of the country there where the World Championships are being hosted. Uh, you pretty much know the distances across the board for all the races from juniors through the women and men. Um, then you go about setting up your courses. You send through your proposals or what you want to have as, as the course. Uh, and that also depends on the LOC, the Local Organising Committee. Um, on where they can, you know, what they want to showcase, you know, because that's where the money's coming from um with those cities and, and, and you know, the types of roads that you have uh so then you put these proposals forward and each time there's there's a process so the uci will say yep we like where you're thinking this will this is, looks good blah 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 and i mean it's not just about uh designing a course with with nice roads and, and, and beautiful scenery uh there's also the safety uh, aspect of it that the roads are wide enough they're not too technical but technical enough i mean you don't want to be riding along uh freeways all the time like we saw at doha uh, with with the World Championships yeah. Qatar, but you want to create some something like that. So pretty much the committee's just set about creating a city circuit um, that is dynamic enough, but also fits in within the, the, the structure that, uh, that stakeholders are set out. Like as I mentioned before, with the police and how you can get past uh, certain exits and then um, uh, entries onto onto highways because you've got two major highways running through Wollongong. So that was a big task. Um, and also not to be able to inconvenient uh, uh, local um, uh, local people where they're living, you know, like in, in domestic areas where the houses are, so that all those people who can get home to their houses or leave their houses and, and also for hospitals, et cetera, et cetera. So once all that's taken place, all comes back to uh, the head of road and the road uh, 
commission who's in charge of the world championships. Uh, so Peter van der Beele and Morgan uh, Gutier, uh, uh, Michael Mas um, Michael Roy, you already know, who's head of road. Um, Matthew Knight, and then the president will sit down with them. He'll, they'll present it all to him, uh, the, the pros and the cons, etc., and then they'll make that decision. So, pretty much to the top man and the in the in the job mate, and that's going to be uh, David Lapati, and will make that call on exactly where Mount Kira will sit in amongst that. John, with the advice. It's, and... It sounds like we're going to have to lobby, mate. We're going to have to get in. <laughs> Michael Rogers is here and say, babe, we're putting on the bloody show. We've got all this expense. We've put all these resources on. We need a sprint and the, the bands are coming home. Like, that's it. It's simple. Because for me, a layman, I, I yeah, okay, great worlds when, you know, there's a group off the front and someone's the strongest and they, they win solo. But how good is a bunch sprint, you know, to, to win the worlds when, you know, up until 20 metres to go, you don't know who's going to win. Fantastic. It doesn't happen every year. It's simple, simple. Put on a show. Give it, give it. Make it flat stage. Go. I think we got a good crack. Said like a true sprinter. Yeah, yeah. But that was a fantastic that world a year that Cab won it. I reckon that that was a fantastic worlds um, in Denmark. I mean, Gossy yeah. got yeah, pissed, but was... the spectacle was pretty good. Ah, uh, yeah. I like. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought was this, kind of... this year's world title was one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, uh, Amazing! It just the scenes yeah. from this year's Flanders mm. World Title, just mm. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what we're going, what we're going to do? Have a quick drinks break. When we come back, we're going to dissect a little bit more. Look at this bike. You think it's just a bike, right? But it's not. <clears throat> it's a bike. Three hundred and seventy-four people are looking at this guy, this girl, them, all looking at it. People from here. There, and wherever this is. People that are looking for a bike. Or just a piece of it. Amateurs. Semi-amateurs. And pro-amateurs. This guy wants this bike, but with this crank. And these bars. This could be the perfect match. But not this one. This girl has a bike to sell, and thousands of people might purchase it. Eyes on bikes help grow small businesses. His, hers, yours, and the latest data and insights help those businesses keep moving. We are the world's number one bike marketplace with over 500,000 products and 900 brands where buyers and sellers are brought together in a place where a bike is never just a bike. Bike Exchange, where the world buys, sells, learns, and rides. Life is like a two-way street. It's about consideration and mutual respect. Roads are much the same. However you get around, walk, ride or drive, if we share our roads, we can all be safer. The Amy Gillett Foundation is Australia's peak cycling safety charity. Our mission is for safe cycling in Australia. Our vision is for zero cyclist deaths. Over the last year, we've seen an enormous increase in people taking up cycling, whether it be for recreation, with the family, commuting or even to start your own cycling career. We need to do more to make it safer for every cyclist. 20 cyclists every day are hospitalised and one cyclist is killed every 10 days on Australian roads. So the next time you jump on your bike or hop in your car, remember to practice the four C's. Be courteous, calm, considerate and conscientious. Every cyclist's death is preventable 
and we all deserve to get home safely. Please donate to help the Amy Gillett Foundation make the road safer for you and for me. Thanks again to Bike Exchange and the Amy Gillett Foundation. I want to ask you, Scotty, experience. You know, you've, you've been race director for a long time now for various races across the world. How crucial is that experience when you come into things like the Road Worlds, you know, coming up next year where you can go, guys, that's not going to work. We've tried this before and, and all those sort of things compared to when you first went into the job. Yeah, look, um, it is it is important, uh, very very important. Uh, I think we're pretty fortunate. Uh, Stu Taggart's put a good team of uh, people together, um, who you know part of the Wollongong uh, 2022. Um, my experience will bring to me. I think where it's most valuable is yeah, seeing anything that, that potentially could be a, a red flag uh, prior to the worlds, um, but also just you know checking on things through uh, in your preparation. I mean, poor preparation is poor performance. Um, so yeah, it's just about being prepared as well, well you can be, as best you can be. Uh, then when it comes down to just the management during the week, uh, it's just having that experience that um, you know, don't forget this, don't forget that, or when something actually does happen, um, and you have a scenario that comes up that you know how to deal with it and, and deal with it uh, in the right way and try and get it pretty much as hundred percent as you can uh, the response to it, uh, so that you know uh, it gets fixed. So yeah, it, it's. Building a team, having a team of experience that you can tap into is vital in these sorts of things. We've got a couple of live comments. Uh, of course, Wendy, super fan. Hi, Dan, John, and all. Uh, Heath says, g'day, g'day, Heath. Troy Collett says, time trial course looks a bit technical and on the time trial. Pushkar says, hey, guys, nice to catch you live. What's your take on men's and women's UCI ITT championship being the same distance? This is probably not the kind of equality we asked for. Look, um, equality, as we know, is, is a big one, guys. Uh, we're seeing that the women's time trial for the first time is run on the same day as the men's on the Sunday, the opening day of the World Championships. I think it's a great thing. I'm all for that. Um, Australia's big on equality. I mean, we see that with the uh, Cadurban Scotian Road Race, offered uh, equal prize money before anyone else was doing it, uh, before it became trendy. They're already No, no, just, just Bay Critchford first, but you're next. That's fine. <laughs> okay, John, sorry about that. 30 minutes <laughs> in and we talked about it in the opener. <laughs> so we're... How, 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 how can I forget? Uh, so, yeah. Now I've lost my thread, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> time quality. Time quality. Time trial. So, yeah, look, the, the time trials, I think... You can go either way. Once again, it's the UCI who, who's going to sign off on this, but I think it's not a bad thing, uh, especially with the time trial. For the men to do 40 kilometres or 30 kilometres and, and the women do 30 or 40, I think yeah, that's one thing that we can pretty much even up. Uh, well, what, so, what is the distance, Scotty? Because I've looked at the maps and all of the stories about it, but it didn't actually say the distance. Yeah, well, that's something else I can't say just yet. It's <laughs> something else that we said. You won't stop like trying, said, mate. He'll catch you. If you've I had always, one of those scotchies from... You know, it's 30 or 40. 30 or 40. Okay. Mate, All right. If this, if this was Sunday night, then you might have got me there on a one but it's Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got another comment, another comment from Tom Maloney. He says, I'm with you, Ify. This year's Worlds was a fantastic formula. It was a full demonstration of the endurance, persistence, and over, overall physical aspects of our sport. Um, so Tommy's in your corner there, Ify. Now, but to answer the question, it, it's, while it's technical, it's not too bad because remember the streets of, of Australia, in most cases, particularly Wollongong uh, as well, the nice wide streets. So we can sort of pretty much uh, keep the, the, the road uh, width as wide as we want. 
uh, and narrow it down to as narrow as we need it to be. Um, I mean, you know, create safe corners. Um, I've gone through and had a look at that, uh, you know, along with uh, the rest of the committee, particularly with uh, with Mark Renshaw and Steve Peterson. We've had a good look at it, uh, particularly around doing the barrier lining and etc. on the course. Um, I think it's quite good. I think it's quite safe and and really top. I mean, the Kensal Arrows this world will pretty much do that whole time trial course in the in the drops, in the in the skis. So uh, it's going to be super fast for the time trial, and they have not doing the complete climb as uh, it was mentioned on the video at the beginning uh, for the time trial just be too steep at 14 percent um but they'll be doing a little bit shorter version of the of the local city circuit uh, which will be dynamic and the same and equal for everybody from juniors right through to elite men it must have also changed dramatically you know in the last 10 years in terms of the demand for video footage of the course because now you can plug it into things like full gas you can simulate the climbs and all this sort of stuff i mean back in your day scotty and and geez even worse with iffy what would you have to go on it was a couple of weeks out of me and the team what's the course look like and let's go well it was like that then i mean (laughs) even for the big tours it's really hard to get an idea of what climbs you would be doing and then, of course, if you're a French man and a French team, you pretty much get the, you know, you, you get the know a lot early, so you can go and recon it if you didn't already know it. Uh, same for Italy and that. And we just the teams just didn't have the budgets to go and send send you down there to do a recon of the course, and particularly those those final stages. It wasn't until the days of, of Lance Armstrong that really started to kick off that they could get the course early enough, and then they could go out and recon it, uh, uh, which Lance used to do. And I think in that way, uh, for all the negatives and positives of Lance Armstrong, that was one positive that he brought to the world of cycling is his level of professionalism and reconning stages. But to answer your question, it's pretty much my time. It sort of just came into a trend with Lance at the end of my career, um, what he was doing. But before that, yeah, GPX files just simply didn't exist. Uh, we didn't have GPSs in that same way, and you definitely couldn't upload them into a uh, mobile head unit or, or anything else, you know. So I think we have come a long way with that. And also, like you said, with the videoing, uh, we see that used for all the sprinters now. They'll send their performance team in front of the stage. They'll video what the last three kilometres look like. And then the uh, sprinters and the whole team will watch that uh, last three kilometres with all the barricades uh, put up in position, with all the traffic uh, islands removed and et cetera. So they know exactly which side of the road they need to be on at what point of the, the final of the, the sprint. I remember... Uh watching one of your first pro world titles i reckon it probably was down in sicily oh and, yeah, uh, yeah what year was that not early 90s i think that was uh stuttgart was my first world championships as a pro i didn't go to japan because our national team just pretty much didn't exist then so <laughs> didn't yeah. have, i had to pay it myself to go to japan so uh, yeah. that was the first one i could do as a pro so i went to sicily and that would have been yeah. the 90 two i think john 91 yeah. 92. yeah yeah i remember i, I was there it was a fantastic world titles and you put up yeah. a super ride actually unlucky not to be in the top you know, maybe on the on the podium just the right the right move it was gone and you got caught and then we get an iffy story right? it was an iffy story but it was a very good ride all the same very good that's where kiapucci harpooned his team then i don't know if yes. you remember so we come to the feed zones right at the top and the only narrow section of the road is through the feed zone so you go past the finish line and then the feed zone is across the top there. And Kiyopuchi moved towards the front. And I was sitting not too bad, but I went to take my feed bag. And he didn't. So he's just gone bang down the left side. 
as everyone else was taking their feedbacks, including his other teammates, which was Furlan, who was in the hot form. I don't know if you remember. Uh, and so he's just gone bang down the outside there. And um, it just happened that the, uh, what's his name, Luke LeBlanc and, and um, Richard Varenka were just in his wheel. And I've just gone, this is a setup. So by the time I grabbed, I needed to get the bottles because it was stinking. I think it was about 40 degrees, John, or something. Oh, bloody hot. Yeah, yeah. So it was either that point that either you drop your bottles and, and go without water or or you go with attack. And I sort of went the bottle thing, which, you know, I end up regretting afterwards. But, um, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, how important is it for – it's obviously a really big deal to host the World Championships. And you saw the flow-on effect with Geelong, you know, uh, born after that was the Great Ocean Road Race, the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road mm-hmm. Race. Uh, are they, you know, it'd be remiss not to expect that they're going to want to capitalise on this. And there's been a lot of talk, you know, with the Nationals, should they move that? Or do you think the calendar, there's enough room to do something special every year in Wollongong, a UCI-level event? Or do you think with logistics, it's just it might be pretty tricky? Yeah, you hit nail on the head. There's a couple of points. There. Is is there room in the colour? And and second of all, logistics uh, is to be able to get the teams out there. Uh, the the hole in the calendar is the big one. Uh, mm. What you're coming up against, and it also depends on what type of race you want to do. Um, definitely, Wollongong and, and New South Wales want to create a legacy off the back of World Championships. I mean, that's always in in uh, for everybody's mind when state governments are giving in money. Uh, to such big events and having world-class uh, major events is that you try to create a legacy off this uh, from the investment. Um, what that is, I don't really know. Yeah, great idea. Have the Nationals up uh, in Wollongong. Uh, that would be a great destination, easy access for a lot of people uh, who would need to travel up there. That could be uh, something uh, that's considered. Um, but the other one of getting international races into there, uh, yeah, who knows, mate. I mean, Hang on. Does Wollongong have a bay? It's got a bait on it. Bay crits could relocate the highest bidder. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you could go uh, bay crits uh, interstate. Could be something or uh, oh, yeah, maybe we'll take, take, a, take a leg there. But uh, look, I, I saw it uh, touted. They were try, talking about seeing if they could get the Cadell uh, uh, Evans uh, Great Road Race to be run. Um, leading up to the Worlds. But it was never, of course, it was never really a, a, a chance because the Worlds aren't like, uh, you haven't got na- pro teams coming out here, you've got national teams coming out here. It just exactly. would have been too hard. So, uh, Yeah, look, I was asked that question. Somehow someone said that it was a, a definite thing that was being considered. Well, it was just a discussion we had uh, internally at Visit Victoria. Um, is there another date? And I pretty much said, Phew. When are you going to do it? When, you, when it's possible? Because prior to the Worlds, you've got uh, this, that, and the other. You've got national teams, just as you said, John. And uh, the thing is that the, you know, the pro teams at that time have also, don't forget, they're in Canada. They've got three races in Canada. They're in Spain with the Tour of Spain just finishing. At that time of the year, they don't have a lot of riders left over to be sending to anywhere else. Uh, mm. and, and they've also got no say on what riders go to the national teams. Um, so, you know, and then it also comes in a question, who's going to pay? Mm, um, yeah. Because you know, is it going to be a national team? Would it be the uh, the the trade team, the pro teams, uh, etc.? So it's just you know, too many questions without answers yeah. and uh, too hard basket in the end of it. You know, when they had the uh, the team time trial, which the pro teams, that's why I had to stop because it was costing just too much money. But um, yeah. at least then you would have all the, the the teams come out for the 
for the, for the worlds with their with their teams for the world team time trial. So that would have given at least an opportunity. But now that that doesn't happen, there there is no mm. uh, uh, no place for the world tour teams. And it, like like Dan said before, though, John, we're just getting so condensed. There's so mm. many new races, there's so many new events. Uh, I mean, pretty much world cycling has been condensed down to being European cycling. It hasn't been world cycling um, because of the pandemic. But as we're starting to open up now, which hopefully we'll see again next year, you know, races like I just mentioned, Canada being back on the calendar, uh, racing uh, more internationally uh, outside of Europe, um, you know, we're, we're going to see more opportunities. But, uh, you know, one of those ones, Team's Time Trial, not, I love the event. I think it was fantastic. Uh, I'm sorry that it has gone. And as many of the riders who said it, it's an opportunity in the trade team to be uh, awarded that world championship. And one of the only chances that you ever have to become a world champion is through the team's time trial event. I mean, we've got a mixed uh, relay now, um, but it's not quite the same as experiencing that with your trade team. But um, I'm a big fan of the mixed time trial as well. Um, that's Olympic, yeah. you know, hopefully will become Olympic sport. So. Maybe they could do something like what they used to do with the Japan Cup where it was sort of, you know how the Lacoste by Latour or whatever, and they just mm -hmm. bring out just a handful of the big guys that did something at the Tour de France, do it as yeah. like a Grand Fondo type thing. You can still utilise the circuit. You get all the big names. You still get all the crowds, all that, make a big festival sort of end of season thing. And if you are a cyclist, it's a bit of a tight ass. You can sell all your kit. In the old school Sun Tour days. Then they've done that. Exactly. That was the drinking money for when we went up the Noosa, mate. That's it. Well, that, 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 is, that is one sad part about the calendar is, you know, at the end of the season races, like particularly the Sun Tour and that, I mean, they were, they were infamous for that was the last race of the year. Like, you know, you let your hair down. Oh. Australia, when the weather starts getting good in October, it's perfect. The world's changed, you know, Dan. Will change. It's not it's like serious. Dad, Dad's, back, Dad's back playing you know, footy at sale, uh, you know, and go yeah. to the pub. You know, those, those days have changed, mate. I know. <laughs> it, it is. You're so right. And, and to be honest, I feel a little bit sorry for those guys. Like even my nephew, uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan Simon, he hasn't had a chance to experience that. You know, doing the, doing the sun tours and, and, uh, and other races at the end of the year and then uh, – for now to you know just hang out with the mates, it's sort of just a big wind down off of the European season and an opportunity for Australians to to go back and race. Because if you did miss the beginning of the year, which pretty much in my time was just pretty much uh, those national championships. Remember those, John, out at Port Arlington? Certainly um, do. <laughs> uh, you know, and then you didn't get a chance to do another race until till the end of the year. And if you still had any juice left in the legs, you'd, you'd go and do the Sun Tour and then make the migration up to Garth Proud's. Uh, uh, Noosa Criteriums, which was just, you know, poof, unloading and, um, yeah, great year and a lot of fun. And as you mentioned, Dan, you have a chance to catch up with your mates and have a few beers and stuff, you know. Mm. So I do think that they don't quite have that. The The racing is so much more professional, so there's a lot of things I do love about it and, and sort of not jealous, but sort of what would have been like to be a pro during this period uh, to get the best out of yourself. Um, but on the other side of it, there was a lot of things that they will never experience because of the 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 stress and the uh, the requirements of pro teams and, and expectations of, of riders today. So mm. the last thing a rider wants to be doing if they're in Europe, exactly as you said, is to go, oh, you gotta get on a flight and go to Australia for a week in October. They're gonna go, piss off. I don't want to. But well, then they go, here's yeah. a bag of cash and a brown paper bag. They said, Yeah, where do I fly? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Well, <laughs> you know, 
some possibilities there still. But look, that's you are right though. The to find that hole in the calendar for a races in Australia uh, is a difficult one. But it's not to say it's impossible. And, mm. and he's pretty much headed hit the nail on the head. It depends on how big that bag is to what you can make happen. I've mm. got ideas in my mind of what we could do to to fit uh, to have a series of races in Australia at the end of the year. Um, so massive bag, to... massive bag. Yeah, yeah, suitcase, suitcase, suitcase. Mate. suitcase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll help. Yeah. Then, then we're going to be there, especially just to be able to look after Ify, you know. Uh, That's it. <laughs> Ify's bar. Now, jo- now, John, this is the first ever podcast we've done where I've literally written no questions and you said, oh, mate, I've got heaps. So what, what do you want to squeeze out before we wrap things up with Scotty? Well, it's what I talk about. I, I think it's going to be a great world title. So I think we start with the worlds. I think we should get back to it. But, uh, oh, that's um, right. We're talking about the worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. And no matter what we, we end up with, uh, 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 which loops, we've got some Aussies, you know, who are going to be in the, 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 the uh, in with a chance. And I just put the list up for it. So Caleb, yeah. you know, depending on the loops, is going to be a big chance. And I hope that, that the course uh, can suit him because we do know that he can – he's not just a sprinter. He can actually go a bit mm. deeper than that with his ride. Mm. Uh, Lance Arima. shows what he can do. We've known it – us Aussies have known it for a long time. Then, of course, Michael Matthews, you know, whichever they do, you know, Bling's going to be in with a chance. Rowan Dennis, you know, who knows what he's going to do next year. New team. It's got, of course, will suit him no matter where it goes. Mm. He, it would be a big chance. But then Jai Hindley. Luke Plapp, another youngster coming up and could do anything. Jay Vine, Chris Hamilton, Chris Harper, Michael Storer. They're all young Aussies. Who who, ben O'Connor. Ben O'Connor was the other one that was at the bottom of my list here. Ben oh, O'Connor. yeah, yeah. You've got him. <laughs> <laughs> He's changed team dirty dog. No, he hasn't. No, no. no ben, ben O'Connor. It's just, of course, suits him down. And the same with the girls. We've got you know, Grace Brown, Sarah Gagati, uh, Ruby Roseman Garrett. Uh, again, Sarah, Sarah Roy. Amanda Spratt uh, post surgery. Spratty, she'll be fine by then. Maybe of course, yeah. And, and Chloe and Chloe Hosking, if it's if they ended up going on the easier side, you know. But uh, so we've got we've got a lot of good Aussies who can give this a, a, a real nudge. I agree with you totally, John. Look, I, I think that depending on how the UCI uh, cut up the cake here and then want to serve it, which of course, um, I reckon we've got an Aussie who. Definitely within reach of podium, uh, and why not the rainbow jersey? One hundred percent across from uh, the juniors. I don't really know because pretty much uh, juniors haven't raced for two years. Uh, the under twenty threes is also a little bit unknown because uh, once again, uh, unfortunately for Australia, they, they just haven't been able to get into international racing. Um, but uh, let's hope that uh, the talent comes through, and I'm sure they will. Um, but across for the men's and elite men's and elite women's, yeah, we've got a. Uh, miles of talent there that could uh, be on the podium and hopefully, like I said, uh, with that rainbow jersey. And that across all disciplines, time trials and road races. It was it was funny. We had Rory Sutherland on about a month ago and uh, the guts of it was, you know, trying to get a bit of a rocket up the arse for the Aussie team to, to feel the passion, you know, putting yeah. the green and gold on and all that. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Next year, I just got a hunch. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> I, think I think it could go the other interview way. Interview is going to happen. Is going to be yeah, Wollongong's my goal. One of my goals. You know, they, yeah, they could be doing the classics. It could be the Giro. It could be the Tour. But I'm pretty much be no Aussie or very few Aussies to say uh, the World Championships are not. What would be interesting, though, John? This you may be one of your questions. Sorry, man. I'm probably taking stealing your thunder here. But is the ones who are going to be doing the Volta 
and then going to the world championships as preparation. That's mm. going to be because it's it's already a difficult one to do it here. And as we saw for this year's worlds, who did the vault and went straight to the worlds. Um, but now you've got to do that transatlantic jump across to Australia with jet lag. Uh, that's going to be a, a tricky one. Nick yeah. Wubes has got one for you. If you Jack Haig. Yes, Jack Haig, of course. Yeah, he's, he's, he's on the other list on the other side of the page. <laughs> yeah, he only missed the guy who podium at the It's a big list, mate. Right. Big list. <laughs> but that's encouraging, yeah. though, for everybody to, to mm. know that it doesn't matter how the course ends up being uh, presented, uh, that we're going to have a strong contingency of Aussies uh, for selection and who will, for sure, going to be riding their, uh, riding their guts out. Mm. All right, Effie. Yeah, no, look, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a absolutely uh, brilliant world titles. Um, what I need to know is, um, uh, have you got my room booked for me yet, Scotty, or am I going to do that myself? No? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you had connections at the Nova Tour, mate. Don't you have connections there somehow? Oh, he's probably burning. We've got, we've got our... Got, Got our launch of Bakerets at the Novotel in Geelong on Tuesday. And I uh, just happened to have a couple of beers with the big boss of the Novotels. Um, and uh, I forgot to actually throw that hat in the ring. I will do it, though. I will do it this way. Yeah, because yeah. th th that's pretty well well positioned, Dave. I'm not sure. I think the issue I might have beat you to the to the jump on that one and booked all the rooms. Uh, but the other thing too, I mean, um, Jerry Ryan. Uh, I sort of remember one year that the Cadillac Scotch and Road Race that he uh, turned up on his on his yacht, parked it there. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I mean, you know, we are on the water. We can sort of turn you know, it into a bit of a, a glamorous type. Uh, uh, it would be like the first fleet He sold the bloody yacht though. Uh, oh, it's all the yacht. Why don't you yeah. get a Let's Go Motorhome, John? <laughs> you can go anywhere on the course. Yep. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So sure I'll, find, I'll, Kira, I'll find a bed. I'll yeah. find a bed. Yeah, no, it's yeah. going. Look, I'm, no. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a sensational world title. Yeah. Um, and I really, it's just a bummer that we can't. You, you can't name the course now, but you can understand. Um, but we're going to wait another couple of months. It's a fair while. Yeah, be part of the suspense, though. I mean, the good thing is that people like yourself, Ify and Dan, you're going to go up there and uh, ride it, drive it, and, you know, you better critique ride it all it. to what it potentially could be <laughs> or drive it. Yeah, if you can it. ride and you can drive and film it, yeah. that'd be good. That'd be good TV, good podcast. Um, we'll, we'll do a podcast. We'll definitely do that. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. Tell us when you're going to be there, Scotty, and we'll yeah. uh, we'll get there and do it for sure. Yeah. Well, there, there could be some, some news around it that um, when I'm going to be out there and uh, potentially a few other people, so... Uh, uh, like I said, uh, at this point, UCI are looking at trying to be there by the end of Feb. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I can do uh, with my time, but uh, we're looking at different things. So, yeah, could be could be on it. But I'll definitely drop your line if I'm going to be there, mate. Good stuff, mate. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else, John, before we wrap things up? No, no. All great. And all good. Uh, um, apologies to uh, Ben O'Connor and Jack Hay, <laughs> two of our superstars. <laughs> I just left off the list. I probably left about another half a dozen off as well. But anyway, yeah. mate, what a world so championship since they've had Mount Kira guys in the end. <laughs> yeah. And we have the likes of these guys and Jai Hindley, uh, or, or you know, we've got a sprint. I mean, pretty much Australia with the, with the talent that's in Australia at the moment, it doesn't matter how the UCI put this course, it's going to be amazing for Australian riders. I mean, uh, could be anything. Could be anything. 
before we go, Tom Maloney says, Vale, Heather Hollingworth, former partner of Mike, who passed away recently, resulted in a car accident two years ago. Uh, where he raced, she was there. A beautiful lady and those of the 60s era all loved her. She remained a passionate cycling supporter and critic lifelong. R.O.P. Heather. So. Yeah, don't you, Tommy? Yeah. You, Tommy? He always uh, he, he always backs me on things, Tom, because he still remembers when we were 1973, get to the border, the Australian team, we're heading from uh, Belgium to Holland and stop at the border and Tommy lost his passport. So I had to get off the train with him, go through all that drama. So, Tommy... Yeah, so you love linking stories with people, and it comes back to you being a hero. There's no clue to that. And Jason, Jason, Jason Cruz for the Melbourne says, a great looks like some great aspects of the course. Personally, like to see a climb around 10k's from the finish. That's what Jace wants to see from the Maldives. Well, there's right. going to be some uh curiosity happening, that's for sure. A lot of speculation coming around to these uh, final worlds. Uh, Layout. It's 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 going to be exciting. I think it's part of the hype, really. Uh, well, Mount, Mount Pleasant, which is the smaller climb on the street circuit, that's inside. Yep. About, that's about ten k, eight k to go, or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, eight eight k's to go from the top. And it's a, the thing is, it's a very fast downhill. So it really depends on on who goes over the top. Uh, if you're solo, it's going to be a, a tough one. If it's a headwind for the last three kilometres to the finish, if it's a tailwind, yeah, good luck in trying to get them back. So it's it's a little bit the same with Geelong. Remember when Cadell chipped off the front at the end? If he didn't yeah. have that headwind, I reckon Cadell would have uh, been world champion mm. that year. Uh, but it was you know really really hard that run through to the back the end of this uh, to the coast again for the last three kilometers, two kilometers to the finish line. Very similar in that way. Um, so yeah, it just depends on the conditions and and the the group formations. You know, if you go with two or three over the top of the last climb at the Mount Pleasant, or you're going with a solo. Um, it's, it's whatever it's going to be, John. Uh, it's going to be a dynamic race. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. If it's more for the sprinters or if it's more for the climbers, um, it's just going to be super exciting because the course uh, has got a bit of everything. And um, end of the day, mate, the riders make the race. We saw that this year at Flanders. You know, yeah. uh, the French team just kicked Alain, off 100 Alain Alain going yeah. for number three. Hey, can he can he uh, do a cigar and do three in a row? Well, it could be. Hopefully not, because you know we want an Aussie up there. But That's um, right. either way, again, it'd be an exciting what you, what you cycling. You got cramp, John. <laughs> oh, he's got cramp. All right, that's time to go, folks. YouTube.com forward slash cramp. Talking about the world title, I got the cramp. He's got cramp. Hey, thanks for joining us, Scotty. It's always a pleasure when you come on the show, mate. And wish you and your family all the best for Chrissy. And Likewise. we look forward to seeing you out in Australia uh, when you get down here and uh, enjoy the summer of cycling and. And all the best, mate. We're looking forward to a fantastic Worlds in 2022. Thanks very much, Dan and uh, and John. Um, congratulations for the great year of the podcast. It's been hard to keep us going with the detour and, out and all, the, all the best for the summer. I'm just going to duck down to that French bakery and pick up a nice few croissants. If you Enjoy, heard you guys mate. talking about French bread and Nicky the other day. You know you what know, goes good with a, a ham and cheese croissant? Dip it in a bit of scotch, mate. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This early in the morning. All right, guys. See you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you later. Cheers. This is the winning ride of the tournament.